Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. To Jonathan oh. Taylor. Hughes hole. He's at the 30. He's going to go. 10, 5, touchdown. Jonathan Taylor made a man miss the line of scrimmage and then runs it into Painter. And a one handed INT. Are you kidding me? Kenny Moore. What a play by Naheem Hines. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to Bring the Juice. On with me from Colts.com, Mr. J.J. Stankovitz himself. J.J., you were out at camp today, man. How was camp for you here? Day number five for the Indianapolis Colts after taking yesterday off. How'd you enjoy another beautiful day down in Westfield? It was uh, a really nice day out there. It was good to see Frank Reich back after uh, his isolation ended following a positive COVID test. Um, you know, he is fully vaccinated. He said he was feeling fine throughout the whole, you know, period that he was isolated away from the team. Uh, but it was pretty clear that he, he was pretty happy to be back uh, seeing him, you know, jump around with Bubba Ventrone and go up and high five or, you know, fist bump every single player he could find. Um, you know, good to have him back out there. And then, you know, at, at, it was a Cody, it was, it was a there were some sloppy moments in practice today, um, some false starts some substitution miscues. So after practice, Frank Reich held a longer-than-usual team talk uh, where he kind of went about reestablishing some of the, uh, you know, the, the things that the Colts are looking for, some of the baselines, uh, you know, in terms of discipline on the field that he, he wants out of every single unit, not just the ones, but the twos and the threes. Um, so it was a bit of a longer talk, but then we got into the issue of the day, didn't we, Cody, yes, with Carson we Wentz? Did. We did, man. And for those people who haven't checked it out yet or heard the news, Carson Wentz elected and the Colts elected. I think it was kind of a a decision there, a team decision to have him have surgery. Now, it was reported yesterday that Wentz might just try to rest and rehab, see where it was going. Well, the Colts felt like surgery was the best option. And obviously, Wentz felt the same way. And so Frank Wright kind of gave that recovery time five to 12 weeks, which is, which is majorly broad. It could be anywhere from, you know, first week of the season to week number four, week number five. You just don't really know. Maybe even longer, you know, depending on the recovery. What did you take away, I guess, from hearing about Carson Wentz's injury? Obviously, he's having surgery today at four. What were your takeaways from really that and what Frank Reich said, you know, Obviously, he addressed that, but also what he said in terms of Jacob Eason. I thought, starting with Carson, Cody, I, I thought it was really interesting something Frank said early on, that he he told Carson his prayer for this whole thing was going to be that the, the decision would be clear. And that's what the Colts, Carson Wentz, and all the doctors who evaluated him believe they, they got to is a clear decision that he does need to have a procedure to remove this broken bone from his foot. Um, the, the Colts and the doctors believe that this, this fracture in his left metatarsal occurred possibly in high school. 
and he might not have known it. Um, and he just planted in one day, which happened to be Thursday, the, that little bone kind of came loose and that caused quite a bit of pain and aggravation for Carson Wentz. You know, Reich said that the Colts and Wentz, which I, I, I want to use them interchangeably. This was a, a completely joint decision. Like you said, mm-hmm. Cody, by, by all parties involved, the doctors, the team, the quarterback, um, they, they feel like they, they never were really going down that path of rest and rehab. Um, it, you know, Reich said, you know, we could do it. He might be fine in a couple weeks, but then you run the risk of this happening again. Maybe, mm-hmm. and, and maybe it doesn't even happen this season, but you know, Chris Ballard in, in some, you know, bit of wisdom he gave in this whole process was this is a long-term thing with Carson Wentz. Like th- this is not, you know, Philip Rivers coming in for one year. This is the, the Colts want to, you know, hitch themselves to Carson Wentz for the better part of this decade and to risk this becoming a thing during a season at any point, you know, whether it's week four, week five, week 12, week 18, that, that was a, a, a very large risk because then you're looking at that same five to 12 week recovery timetable, but now you're missing nothing but games. You get the procedure done on Monday, August 2nd. You know, if it's on that early end, which Frank Reich is hopeful that he, you know, it it can be, there are some reasons he's optimistic about that. Then you're talking about Wentz potentially being back for the, you know, week one, the first game of the season. Um, You know, it could extend longer, certainly. And Frank Reich's when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply said we are going to have no idea how long Wentz is going to be out until he starts the rehab process, which won't begin until two weeks after today, which being today being Monday. The next two weeks for Carson Wentz are just do nothing. That's what Frank Reich said. So mm-hmm. once he gets into that rehab process in a couple of weeks, then the Colts will have a better idea you know, to kind of narrow that timeline from seven weeks down to something that'll be a little more tangible, I think. Yeah, for sure. And it and it all depends, obviously, like you mentioned, just how Wentz really just recovers from this. You know, it could be anywhere from it's it's a very broad, I think the Colts did that on purpose, because you just never know with some of these injuries. You know, it could be five, six weeks, it could be, you know, eleven or twelve weeks. We just don't know exactly. So I think it was smart that the Colts didn't really set a timetable on it because Nobody knows, not even Carson Wentz knows at this point, kind of with that injury, when he's going to be fully recovered. But now all eyes are on Jacob Eason, quarterback number one for a while, at least, presumably all of training camp. What did you see from Jacob Eason today? And, you know, talking about when Frank Reich talked about him and other people talked about Jacob Eason, um, where do they stand right now on him and his development? So Jacob Eason, you know, we're hearing a lot about how these reps are going to be so invaluable for him. And and Cody, I'm sure your your viewers, your listeners know that Jacob Eason didn't really do much last year, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of tangible on-field practice. He was behind Philip Rivers and Jacoby Brissett. So most of his work had to come before practice, after practice, in film sessions, taking mental reps, 
doing all these things that are helpful, but they're not as helpful as actually playing football. Right. So where Jacob Eason is now, you know, there there have been some ups and some downs. You can see the arm strength. You know, Mo Ali Cox talked about it today that when Eason's confident with where he's going the ball, going with the ball, he gets the ball there. And you you can see it on some throws here and there. He had a really nice one to Michael Pittman Jr. today where Pittman went up, made a contested catch. Uh, had a, a good throw on a wheel route that looked like to Darius Anderson, the running back. Um, and then there have been some moments where the defense has played and got the better of it. EJ Speed had a really nice pass breakup today in 11 on 11. Bobby Okariki has been absolutely everywhere during training camp. And then the defensive line has been a pretty consistently disruptive force through these first five practices, whether it's been, you know, Quiddy Pay having a very strong start to his camp. Kamoko Ture has been very disruptive, looked very good. Ben Banigou, his motor, that he looks like he is, he, he's got a little fire lit under him, mm. this camp. Um, obviously, Derry, you know, uh, DeForest Buckner has been just lights out, really good. Grover Stewart's had a very good camp. So that defensive line is also making things a little more difficult on Eason. And in, in that practice, uh, on Friday, which was kind of his first one with the first team offense, he he had some plays where he he moved in the pocket pretty well. It looked like he had a decent pocket presence. So I don't want to read too much into that because we're talking about a guy wearing a red jersey and no pads being on. Mm-hmm. But there, there did look like there was a decent amount of feel there. Eason certainly has the talent at quarterback. It's just going to be a matter of can Frank Reich, Marcus Brady, Scott Milanovic, these guys kind of get – get everything focused for Eason to the point where he is ready to go week one, whether the Colts need him or not. Yeah, for sure. And I think I, I, I agree with what you said about Eason's really not seen a whole lot of time. I think he had one of my, I think uh, Lawrence Owen, who who's a friend of the show. He said he had something like 32 snaps all of last year under center. So essentially he's still a rookie JJ. Essentially he, he hasn't seen any game action. He hasn't really done anything at the NFL level to no fault of his own. You mentioned he was sitting behind two pretty good quarterbacks last year, and he was just kind of a practice practice squad type of guy last year, right? He was just sitting on the bench learning and figuring out these things, absorbing like a sponge, it appeared. So, yeah, I think I agree with you. It's just going to take time with Jacob Eason. It's mm-hmm. just going to take mm-hmm. time, as it does with if you brought in a rookie quarterback. It's just going to take time with these guys adjusting to the NFL level, the speed, and, and all that stuff, and really playing against the defense. I think a lot of people like look at this Jacob Eason stats or whatever, the unofficial stats that people keep, and they're like, man, it's not looking too good. But I'm like, I think a lot of people seem to forget that Jacob Eason's playing against a defense that was top 10 last year. Like, it's a good Colts defense. It's not like bottom half of the league or anything like mm-hmm. that last year. This is a very good unit. And you mentioned – you know, their Achilles heel last year was the pass rush. Well, it seems like the pass rush has not been an issue on the edge. It's been really, really effective so far. Yeah. So um, I think I'm just I, I'm willing to have grace with Jacob Eason. You mentioned it. He's got talent. I mean, there's a reason why some people, you know, before he was drafted said he could go in the first or second round and obviously fell to the Colts in the fourth round. And and, you know, he has some things he has to work on. He's not a perfect player by any stretch, but. I feel pretty good with Jacob Eason and now that he's going to have multiple, multiple weeks knowing kind of what to prepare for and everything like that. I'm excited to see his development moving forward. Um, you mentioned a couple of names, though, a couple of guys who stood out to you in camp. Um, I know Bobby Okariki has been a name as well that a lot of people have been saying, man, this dude's been around the football pretty much the entire camp. 
Um, are there any other guys that really stood out to you um, from this camp so far and even today that you're like, people need to be like keeping an eye out for these guys? You know who's made a pretty good amount of plays is Mike Strawn. Um, mm. You know, I and and look, I there are there are a couple of guys I could highlight: Mike Strawn, Ben Banigou, obviously Bobby Okariki, EJ Speed. Um, seen Isaiah Rogers make a couple plays here and there. Um, I don't want to overanalyze the first five days of practice because the pads haven't come on yet. Right. It's good. It is certainly better than not that you know I'm I'm seeing Mike Strawn go up and high point some balls in the end zone and red zone drills and the, you know, looking like he can maybe, you know, do that certainly, which we knew he could do, but maybe do a little more than that with this offense. You know, we've seen Desmond Patman make a couple of plays. Paris Campbell could kind of go down the list. A lot of guys have made some splash plays here and there. When the pads come on, it is a completely different animal. And, you know, Matt Eberflus even talked about that in relation to the defensive line, um, you know, last weekend that, okay, you know, yes, pay. Really strong start to camp. Kamoko Ture, really strong start to camp. Ben Banigou, really strong start to camp. He he said you almost have to like reset when the pads come on because he said he's been caught up and like, man, these guys are looking real good. Then the pads come on and they might not. So there might be guys who maybe haven't had strong starts to camp who all of a sudden the pads come on and it's like, yep, noticing that guy a lot more. Hmm. Or maybe guys who have had strong starts to camp when the pads come on, they might fade a little bit. That's going to be so interesting over these next couple of days and the pads come on for the first time on Tuesday at Grand Park. So there's going to be a lot to watch for over these next couple of practices. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, uh, you know, guys that have kind of maybe not had the greatest or strongest starts to camp. How about the left tackles? It seems like we've heard nothing except these guys getting beat up to this point. Obviously that's probably not true. They're probably holding their own pretty well at certain points. What is your impression been of these left tackles right now? Obviously the, the fill in for Eric Fisher, whoever that is. Right. So we've seen Sam Tevy and Will Holden out at left tackle so far during camp. And, you know, it, it's interesting because, you know, yes, the defensive line is winning, but the D-line's winning like everywhere. Hmm. So it's almost sometimes kind of hard to isolate when the, the you know, it's just like a, it, it, a relentless effort from this defensive line. So I my take on it right now is that I'm more impressed by the defensive line than I am concerned about left tackle right now. Like that is just how how I'm seeing this. You know, we'll see... As camp goes on, if you know we we see some more progress. The other thing too with the offensive line that Matt Eberflus mentioned on on Saturday is that when they don't have pads on, it's a lot more difficult to block. Hmm. So I'm also going to start really looking at that left tackle. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending. Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Spot Again, when the pads come on, you know, do Sam Tevy and Will Holden, whoever's out there on a given day, are they able to have more success against Quiddy Pay, Kamoko Ture, these guys, Taekwon Lewis, because all of a sudden the pads are on and it's just kind of easier to to grab and to to set when guys have pads on. That's what that's what Eberflu said. So that's going to be something certainly to watch up at Grand Park these next couple of days. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, speaking of the offensive line, Quentin Nelson went out. Apparently, I think that what they said was he got his foot stepped on or yeah, something to that on. nature. Um, do you have any updates on like him and kind of where the Colts feel like he is right now? Like, what is the state of the injury based off of what they've kind of indicated so far? I, I don't have any, uh, you know, information beyond what Frank Reich said on Monday. But look, whatever it is, I mean, does Quentin Nelson really need training camp? I mean, <laughs> like right. if if, if it, like it's the same thing with Ryan Kelly. He's got the elbow, you know, yes, it's disappointing that Ryan Kelly's not out there, but also like of all the guys on this team, I think Ryan Kelly's going to be ready for the regular season, no matter how many snaps he takes in training camp. I think the same goes for Quentin Nelson. Mm-hmm. Well, for sure. Yeah. It's just always notable when you're, you're two of your best offensive linemen go out. So, you know, right. always and, and, that, that. and that, and that, by the way, that can contribute to other issues across the line. That may be what you're kind of referring to, where all of a sudden you're missing your center and your left guard in a practice, and you got a left tackle out there in Sam Tebby, you know, who's learning the offense, guy and Will Holden entering year two. And all of a sudden now you got guys next to him that don't have as much experience. You know, the the drop off from Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly, the, the Colts want it to be as low as possible, but Quentin Nelson's a three time all pro. Mm-hmm. Ryan Kelly's a two time pro bowler. Those are two of your best offensive linemen there. So, uh, you know, dealing with stunts and certain things that the defense is trying to install may be more difficult just based on the personnel that's next to the left tackle as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, JJ, in the coming days, what are some things that you are the most interested to watch and see how they play out? Uh, you know, like we mentioned with the defensive line, uh, how they play out in terms of, you know, getting the pads on. But a couple of guys I want to watch here. Uh, I, Sam Ellinger's got something to him. Uh, I don't know if Sam Ellinger is going to push Jacob Eason to start week one if Carson Wentz does not play week one. But I I kind of like what Sam Ellinger has been doing out there. Like just, and, and maybe this is just the, he's not taking the first team reps right now. So there's a little less scrutiny when he makes a play. You're like, oh, that's great. But something he said when we talked to him on Saturday was about having a plan at the line of scrimmage. And... I feel like I've noticed Ellinger that plan can show up when, when you're going through these 11 on 11 practices, he's got a little like it factor to him at the quarterback position that not saying Jacob Eason and Jalen Morton and Brett Hundley. And these guys don't have that. Um, Ellinger Ellinger, like this is why the Colts drafted him out of Texas, right? Like he, he is a winner at Texas and he's got just sort of like that, that aura about him, like this Texas quarterback thing. <laughs> uh, I'm interested to see how he pro- continues to progress. Obviously, Jacob Eason taking the first team reps. He, he's got to work on getting timing down with these receivers, getting a good chemistry going, just you know, getting his confidence up and, and going through his progressions. And the Colts believe those will come as he continues to get more reps. So I think you want to see kind of the, the arrow going up for Eason between now and, you know, whenever it is in August. Because the, the one thing on Easton, Cody, is that you can show up to a couple practices at Grand Park and be like, mm, I, I don't know about this guy. But it's August 2nd. Right. And, you know, we, we have to view training camp as a totality. The, one, of the most, one of the best ways to, that I ever heard put it was from an NFL lifer who I, I knew when I covered the Bears, who said that training camp practices are quizzes. Preseason games are tests, and at the end of training camp, you get your grade, and mm-hmm. it's all kind of together. So 
Jacob Eason, maybe he has a, a day where he struggles a little bit in a training camp practice. Okay, that was a quiz. How does he do when the tests start coming against Carolina and Minnesota and Detroit? We got a lot of time before those games start. So, um, you know, definitely his progress is going to be something I'm going to be following. Um, but since we've talked a lot about quarterbacks, I, I am going to throw the, you know, Paris Campbell out there. Um, I want to see how he continues to progress because so far what we've seen from Paris Campbell has been been pretty good. You know, whether it was in OTAs where you're going against air and it's like that guy looks quick. Then you get into the first part of training camp where you're in shells and you're like, that guy looks quick. Does he still look quick when the pads come on? I think mm-hmm. he will. There's no reason to believe he won't. But Paris Campbell keeps this up. And if he can develop some chemistry now with Jacob Eason here in training camp, that's going to go a long way for setting him up for success this regular season. Awesome. Yeah, we're really looking forward to seeing some of those things amidst other things, other positions. That'll be interesting and fun battles. But, JJ, thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate your time. And have fun the rest of this week, man. It's crazy that football's back, and uh, it's been a very long off season. So excited to have it back, man. Good, good to be back watching football, talking about football, talking about football that's happening in front of our eyes, not on a TV screen or a freaking Zoom call. It's, <laughs> it's really nice to be in person watching these practices. Absolutely, yeah. All right, man. Well, you take care. Have a great rest of your day. And uh, yeah, I hope you have fun at training camp, man. All right. Thanks, Cody. Yep. See ya.